Digital Marketing Radio, episode 230. How is B2B marketing different in 2021? Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain, and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show for in-house, agency, and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics, and trends shared right here by today's modern marketing masters. When was the last time you changed your B2B marketing strategy? Are you missing out on some big B2B marketing opportunities just because you haven't fully embraced the latest channels? And how do you most effectively target B2B consumers in 2021? Those are just some of the questions that I'm going to be asking my guest today. And she teaches B2B sales and marketing. She's a speaker, podcaster, and blogger, and the founder of Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that's been established for over 12 years. Welcome to DMR, Laurie Hybe. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, David. Yeah, thanks so for um, so much for coming on, Laurie. So you can find Laurie over at keystoneclick.com. So Laurie, how much has B2B marketing changed over the last few years? Well, in the last few years, a lot has changed and just more so in the last year where something that's extremely important in B2B is relationships. That's probably the biggest um, shift that we've seen. And so I'd say that um, relationships are still very important. However, they are different how we are going about creating and nurturing those relationships. And that's really what B2B is all about. Okay, so have some B2B marketers really panicked over the last year and they've just been playing catching up to a certain degree because of the the C situation? The C situation, I like it. I haven't heard it called that. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there's a number of clients that we have uh, and just across across the board in the B2B space where a big chunk of their marketing budget was trade shows or conferences or just major events that they even would put on um, to nurture the relationships that they've had. And when that is the bulk of your new business generation and um, marketing budget, and then all of a sudden you can't do that anymore, there's a lot of quick hustle and bustle to figure out, well, what do we do? Because this is how we get new business and this is how we engage our current clients. So um yeah, major changes happening. Okay, so so what do the B two B marketers do then? Do they try to replicate what they used to do by replicating that face to face meetings and um, you know try to do the same sort of thing online, or do they have to replace that activity with a completely different activity? I think it's a combination of all of the above. Um, that face to face activity, so networking, going to to conferences and and learning and educating others, because that's a lot of what B2B is, is educating the value that you're able to provide within your product or service offering. Um, That changed significantly from conference to let's hold a virtual conference or a virtual trade show or do virtual networking. Now, there's definitely some pros and cons with that. What is extremely important is to make sure it's engaging and you're providing an experience that is not going to just have someone watching and listening in the background while they're checking email and doing their social media. You want to make sure that it's engaging and they're fully 100% invested in the experience that's being provided. That takes a lot of work. So talk, talking about providing a watching and listening experience, we're trying to throw a lot of balls up in the air, spin a lot of plates, however you want to describe it just now while we're recording this podcast. Uh, we're actually broadcasting live into Clubhouse, which is a very new app that um, we've 
discussed before here in Digital Marketing Radio, but we're actually doing it live um, into the room. Um, it, I, I see that kind of Romans um, joined us on the stage. Um, if you've got any thoughts on the conversation that we're having, we've got Kelly and Brad um, watching as well. Um, if anyone else um, that's part of Clubhouse um, would like to join in the conversation, feel free to raise your hands or feel free to uh, join in the conversation and we'll, we'll, we'll try and involve you as part of the discussion here as well. Of course, I'm discussing um, having this conversation with Laurie. We're broadcasting live to Facebook, YouTube and LinkedIn. And we're also obviously producing a podcast, recording a podcast as well. Um, But let's um, move on in terms of um, the B2B discussion and um, talk about um, maybe specifically uh, what marketers have to do um, tactically in 2021 to be successful. Um, So when they're perhaps initiating a new marketing campaign in 2021. Um, what um, are some of the steps that they have to do in terms of research, in terms of um, initial steps prior to actually engaging in a marketing activity? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fantastic question. And you you hit the nail on the head when you said research, because that is often one of the biggest mistakes that I see marketers or companies making in the B2B space is they're just jumping out to any platform um, and without a plan of attack. And so when you're talking about research, you really want to understand your target customer. And now they've changed. We've all changed in the last year. Where we're getting our education from, who we're listening to that's influencing some of our buying decisions, what social channels are we we hanging out on, what news sources, what podcasts we're listening to. The better that you can understand that ideal customer, the better you can position yourself to be hanging out where they are hanging out online. And that is something that it takes time. You have to get inside their head and really understand what is it that, what's the pain that they have so that you can communicate a message that's gonna connect and resonate to them as well. So where are they hanging out and what's important that's gonna add value to them from an educational standpoint. Once you figure out those two components, then you can start tactically moving forward and and creating content and positioning it in the spot that your ideal customer is. So we're obviously talking about marketing from a B2B perspective here. Does that mean that um, for that type of marketing, the first place for most businesses is going to be LinkedIn? LinkedIn is extremely powerful from a B2B standpoint. I would say it's probably one of the, or it, it could be actually the most popular digital platform uh, to connect with other B2B professionals, but not, it depends on, you know, what is that space specifically? Uh, I personally target industrial manufacturers and oftentimes I'm working with the owner of the company. That owner is not on LinkedIn, Um, but their old school trade shows, conferences, that's where they were hanging out. So it's finding, you know, where are they hanging out online now Who's influencing them and then getting in front of that space? Okay, okay. And in terms of getting in front of them, the first thing that you'd say, uh, most B2B sales activities, marketing activities have a fairly long buying cycle. Um, So I guess um, one of the biggest mistakes that the majority of marketers would make would be to go in for the kill too quickly. Um, How do you engage with someone online um, without being too overt and actually trying to sell something too quickly to them? Yeah, well, correct. You you don't sell at all, honestly. You provide value. Mm. 
You have to start with the brand awareness part, especially if you're going after an audience that is not familiar with your brand. You have to get them comfortable knowing who you are and that you do have a valuable information to provide, a valuable product or service, whatever it may be. But first and foremost, you need to establish that trust. We all know, you know, people do business with those they know, like, and trust. So you can't go for any sales pitch until that trust is established. And you do that by educating and providing resources. And, and you slowly drip and provide value, you know, sign up for my webinar. Here's a, a um, uh, ebook you can, you know, download or listen to my podcast. You know, you continue to provide information in different platforms, not just one type of medium. You have to diversify how you're getting your content out there as well. Okay. Um, I guess the challenge with LinkedIn is that the organic reach is so good through personal profiles, but um, you can't use LinkedIn ads through your personal profile. You've got to use company pages for that. I was chatting with um, AJ Wilcox about LinkedIn mm -hmm. advertising for episode 225, and obviously he's a master of, of, of LinkedIn ads. Uh, do, do, do you have any thoughts on that, on where you should publish content on LinkedIn? And uh, have you actually li used LinkedIn ads before yourself? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely a big fan of LinkedIn. And a lot of what we uh, recommend is getting your team on board and advocating for the brand. Mm. So that is one of the features that LinkedIn Pages has is that you can encourage employee engagement and get them to be sharing the original posts from the page. Um, or, you know, having your sales and marketing team actually publishing um, value-add content within their own profile. So as a company or a brand, providing information that they can publish on their own or encouraging them to share the original uh, post uh, from the organic perspective. Paid 100%, there's a lot of value to that. But again, I see a lot of brands making the mistake that they go straight for the kill. And they want that lead gen immediately, but we're not, you have to start with brand awareness. And if you don't take that approach and, and build that trust, you're not going to see a successful campaign. Okay. So, so let's dive into maybe what that brand awareness looks like. Um, you, you obviously touched on content marketing there as well. Is there any type of content that you see working particularly effectively at the moment in terms of the first piece of content that someone will see from a brand? That's a really good question. So everyone digests information differently. Some people like to read it. Some like to watch it. Some like to listen to it. So I'm an advocate of diversifying how you're getting your content out there so that you're connecting with all, all different types of um, the consumers or, you know, however they're digesting that content. Uh, video definitely has a really strong, powerful reach right now. Uh, tons of research at this is where a lot of people are investing their marketing dollars, but they're also getting the best return. I mean, obviously you have a podcast show that's video, you're live streaming. Anytime you can go live, there's a way higher um, engagement rate as opposed to just publishing uh, after you know an edited file is done. So that's a really good way to just start building a relationship beyond um, here's the information, but someone is able to connect with you because they can see you. And there's this level of authenticity that helps to establish trust faster then. Yeah, 
great points there. Uh, I love the idea of uh, a brand actually launching their own show or or series. But I think the mistake that a lot of brands make is they do the the show or the series. Uh, just buy the brand and they talk about their products or their services directly in that and really it should be le- one level above that it should be the the category of of content or something that's of particular interest to their audience one example that i always tend to bring up is there's a, a lawyers in the states a, a attorneys in the states and they um actually launched a podcast about golf because they'd defines that um, their target market were really passionate about golf and obviously their particular services um, are only likely to be used perhaps just once or twice um, every 10 years or so. So they needed a way to actually keep their brand top of mind with their target audience and that that, that was a great way of doing that. And that, that that's kind of um, the, the reason behind me re- relaunching the show Digital Marketing Radio. You know, I've got this podcast production agency Ideally, I think what I would have done is I would have maybe created a show all about B2B content marketing because B2B marketers are maybe my my target market in terms of uh, the, the, the people that would be likely to have a conversation with about the service. However, you've also got to make a show that you're passionate about. And I'm, I'm passionate about different forms of digital marketing and technology. Um, but it's a, a, a nice broad subject you can make a, a continuous show about. Um, is, is that the kind of way that you would recommend a business to structure the content that they produce on a regular basis. Absolutely. I, I mean, you basically said exactly what I would have said. So, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. I have a podcast um, that I know you're going to be a, a guest on my show as well very soon. It's called Social Capital. Um, and I intentionally identified the topic of networking, one, because I'm passionate about it, but two, because as someone who is trying to create, um, you know, attract more uh, business owners to do business with with our agency. I don't want to interview them about marketing. That's not something they're interested in talking about. But every business owner, especially in the B2B space, it's all about networking and building relationships. And that's a common ground. So it's identifying that common ground that your target audience is going to be interested and comfortable talking about. Yeah. I love the golf example you had with the attorneys because that's something that people are passionate about. Yes. And they get excited to talk yeah. about it. Yes. <laughs> you know, that audience is. So I think it's a really good strategic move um, by that that law firm to find a topic that their audience is interested in. That's what's important. Absolutely. But I think the challenge also from a podcast is eventually driving that subscriber into becoming someone that perhaps fills in a lead form and actually... Uh, declares interest or, or shows some contact details to that firm. What, what's the what's some more effective ways of actually turning a listener or a subscriber into someone that actually raises their hands and fills out a form and, and becomes a lead for that company? Sure. Yeah, you've got to have strong call to actions in your podcast itself, or start building a community like a Facebook group, or you know, getting them. Um, you you have to push them to to want to do something. And I've seen a lot of uh, podcasts offer giveaways and freebies. You know, they get their guests to give something away or um, they offer uh, seminars or workshops or conferences. And that's really pulling them in to take that next step and and sign up for something. You know, at the end of the day, it is a challenge. But if you've got great content and you say, you know, if you like this, there's even better stuff here. It's going to drive them to 
to want to continue to listen and see what else you have that you're creating. Absolutely. Uh, you, and, and it's it's a challenge if it's audio only. You, you have to have a clear, memorable um, URL domain name that you're actually sharing with people as well and uh, a, a nice landing page that, that I, I guess doesn't ask for too much information but but gives you the details that you require. Do, do you have any thoughts on whether you should be asking for people's company name and address or just keep it to a minimum and ask for their name and email address to begin with? Yeah, I think keep it simple and then over time as they as you keep adding offers and, and encourage them to come back, you, you just gather a little additional piece of information every single time. I mean, there's there's data that says the more fields that someone has to fill out, the like less likely they're actually going to complete the form. Great stuff. Uh, Roman, if you, if you want to be involved in the conversation, feel free to unmute your microphone and um, share whatever um, you, you want to share uh, in relation to the topic here. We're obviously talking about B2B marketing and um, how it fits into the kind of bigger marketing space and how it's changed over the last um, year or so because of the C word. <laughs> but uh, mm -hmm. uh, what we'll do now is actually, let's segue into the, the second part of our conversations. And now it's time for Laurie's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So let's start off with secret software. So Laurie, share a lesser known MarTech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. Oh, this one, it's a good question. Um, I really like Lumen 5, um, L-U-M-E-N and the number five. It's a great tool to quickly convert text into a video. Uh, and they've got a ton of um, like canned uh, video clips and you can just shoot out really quick, fast videos fairly quickly. And if you're looking to up your video game, it's fairly low cost as well. Brilliant. Okay, I've made a note of that there. Um, um, Robin, I saw you unmuted yourself there as well, but uh, feel free, you, you muted yourself again. Feel free to unmute yourself and um, sh share any thoughts there. Yeah, so sorry about this. And thank you very much for this recording. I'm also uh, watching this on Twitter. I saw there is a Periscope live stream. So I have a question, guys. Laurie, what's your first things you do for... Um, medium or large B2B company while you create um, SEO strategy or something like paid marketing strategy? I would look at your email list as a really good starting point for any sort of, you know, if you, if you want to get moving fast and you're not necessarily ready to do the research and build out a full plan, your email list can be extremely powerful. So if you're looking at your past clients or customer database, you can upload that list to some social media channels and actually one, put ads in front of them so that you're reminding them that you exist, but two, also um, depending on the size of your list, that social media platform will aggregate the data of that user base and identify individuals that are similar to that. And then you can start putting ads in front of them as well but also just using that email list to get back in their inbox. I think um, that's usually one of the first questions that we ask our clients is, do you have an established email list? Because if you do, there's there's a lot that you can do with that. It's funny that so many people were saying email was going to die quite a few years ago, but it's still probably one of the most important um, marketing tools out there. And of course, you can do other things with it as well. If you've got a decent email list, you can build a wonderful retargeting custom audience out yeah, of that I, as well. I have a love-hate relationship with email. It's great from a marketing tool, but I really don't like it coming in my inbox. <laughs> I know. 
I know, I know. Uh, I'm going to button my lip about that one and uh, not talk about myself. But uh, sure. let's move on to something that's um, um, well, from uh, something that you currently use to something perhaps that you're going to use. Next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to try soon? Yeah, so I put a lot of thought in this one too. And I don't have a specific tool because I do have to invest the time in researching it, but I just want to dig into AI a little bit further. I mean, there's what I'm reading about AI and marketing is just kind of fascinating and mind-blowing. And I keep seeing... Um, headlines of new tools that are coming out that are just going to make make it easier to get in front of that audience and figure out what is the message that's going to connect and resonate with them. So, um, you know, some of the tools that we're using now have, you know, they're dabbling in it, but I, there's just so much out there that is way beyond where I'm at right now. And I think that there's a lot of cool things coming in that space. There is. I mean, AI is affecting paid search quite a bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you put a lot of money into, or it's not necessarily paid search, it's, it's paid ads. Um, but if, you, if you're paying decent money, then you're kind of trusting the algorithms to display what you want to advertise to the right people at the right time. And um, I was listening to um, a YouTube show actually earlier on today from uh, Roberto Blake, a great, great YouTuber. And um, he was talking about um, how YouTube are using AI now or potentially using AI um, or going to use AI to display custom thumbnails to the right people at the right time to, to, to perhaps enhance click through rate. He was saying that Netflix are doing that at the moment sure. and it's potentially coming to YouTube as well. So it's it's creeping all over the place. Yeah. I, well, Netflix has been using data for a w- long time to really influence and keep people yeah. engaged, which is what it's all about. But yeah, it's I, I've barely scratched the surface of it. And like I said, I know we're using it. We, you know, some of the paid stuff that we do, but to the extent that it is available right now, there's so much for me to learn. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion, so use it wisely. Are you ready? I'm ready. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? Oh, uh, podcast. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Ads or influencers? Influencers. Google ads or Facebook ads? Google ads. Email or chat? Email. Martech stack or all-in-one platform? All-in-one. And one-to-one or scale? Both, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) You saved it right to the end there. Maybe that was a good thing. You seem to struggle most on the the Facebook or LinkedIn. I was surprised with that one. I thought it would be just straight in LinkedIn for yourself. Well, I spend a lot of time on both, actually. On Facebook, I'm really active in a number of groups. And LinkedIn is more engagement with the the one-to-one, which kind of goes into your last question. Okay, okay. So horses for courses, it just... depends on what you're wanting to do. You don't necessarily just focus in on one platform. Are you more of a fan of doing what I'm I'm doing at the moment and broadcasting in multiple places at the same time or focusing in on one occasion on one platform? I'm more like you and I'm pushing as much as I can out on a couple (laughs) of different channels at one time. 
Okay, well, let's see what your answer is to this one then. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Oh, great question. Um, I would run a LinkedIn awareness campaign to promote our webinar series and I would measure it simply by how many people signed up and attended the webinars. Okay, okay. So you're still finding webinars to be particularly successful mm -hmm. um what format roughly do your webinars take are they an hour long are they like 45 minutes of content and 50 minutes of um telling people about maybe signing up for something yeah it's uh, about 35 minutes of content and then we open up for some q a and then we have an offer that takes them to that next step and what kind of conversion rate is reasonable to get from linkedin to get people to attend a, a webinar that is a great question, and I don't have the answer to it. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's okay. We can maybe tweet that after or share that in the show sure. notes after. You know, I mean, if you think about like email and ads, you know, two and a half percent is, mm. I would say, really strong um, it, it, from a paid ads. I mean, that's like the bare minimum I would be comfortable with. But um, we just started running LinkedIn ads for our webinars, so that's why it came. <laughs> Okay, and, Sorry, and, and maybe that it's that's okay. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay in the subject just for one more question, and that's um, um, show up rate for for webinars because I've I've hosted a few webinars, a few virtual summits in the past, and I've found that um, perhaps only twenty five percent of people who sign up for it actually turn up. Um, is is that a, a reasonable number? Would you hope to have many more people actually turn up? Is there anything that you can do to get people to turn up? Yeah, so we've, when we started doing them, that seems about accurate, about 25 to 30% would actually show up and attend after registration. But like anything else you do, consistency is what's going to, you know, continue to increase. So our numbers for registrations have increased, but also the attendees have increased. And I think it's because the quality of the content, they, it's a lot of repeat attendees that we're finding. So, and then getting other people to advocate online that says, you know, this was a really, they have really good content to share. So trying to get those influencers out there too. Yeah, we've been using Zoom and it's been working great uh, for, for our webinars. Great. Yeah, I, I love-hate relationship with most software, including Zoom. <laughs> I, 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 the thing about Zoom is it's ultra-reliable and it, lots of people use it. So most people have it downloaded on their computers or however they access. So it's generally easy for most people to join. I don't love the audio quality as a podcaster. You know, mm -hmm. you, you can't really record decent podcasts using Zoom. And it's, it's not got a lovely looking interface. And it doesn't seem to have evolved that much over the last year or so. But it's reliable. It gets the job done at this stage, right? It it does. It does. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Laurie, you've offered so much um, great thoughts, great information. Um, let's change the subject slightly just, just for the last question. And that's um, it focuses in on someone actually, someone else. Magical marketer. Uh, so who's um, an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? Um, what can we learn from them and where can we find them? Absolutely. Um, so Eric Clark is someone that's in uh, my local community here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, he just launched a new company called uh, X Influence. Um, he's helping companies really focus on micro content and building their brand and attracting leads. He's be he's been creating a lot of his own content. He's got a number of uh, podcasts, he has a lot of video. 
um, really strong presence on social media. Uh, I've seen him pretty active. Um, he's playing around with Clubhouse a bit, um, but his website is expoinfluence.com. Eric Clark on LinkedIn, you'll find him there too. Wonderful stuff. Well, you've been listening to Laurie Hybe from Keystone Click, who on today's episode of Digital Marketing Radio shared lots of wonderful tips about... Uh, about LinkedIn, but also about um, specific aspects of B2B marketing, such as um, don't go all in on advertising to begin with, um, build relationships with people to begin with, do a lot of research in your target market. Um, so lots of great tips in that first section there as well. We then moved on to secret software, uh, where you shared Lumen5 as your uh, secret software. So I'll make sure there's links to that in the show description on YouTube, um, on the um, podcast show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. Um, you talked about AI as you're next on the list as well. And of course, you shared your mag- magical marketer as um, Eric Clark as well from X Influence. So I'll make sure I include links as well as um, his site to, to, to your site in the in the show notes there as well. Um, so thanks so much for joining us again. Um, what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and say hi? Oh, this was super fun. Um, LinkedIn, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Connect with me, Lori Hybe on LinkedIn. Wonderful stuff. Well, thank you again. I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. If you want to watch the next show live, subscribe to Digital Marketing, Digital Marketing Radio on YouTube. And if you're already listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, tell a friend. It's good to share. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com